This, this is the Couts Fire Podcast, where we introduce our members and our mutual aid department members while educating the community and bringing value to the fire service. And now, here's another episode of the Couts Fire Podcast. This is Kevin Billingsley. I'm sitting here with Don Suter, Assistant Fire Chief of Couts Fire. And today on the phone, we're speaking with Zach Johnson, who is better known on YouTube as the Millennial Farmer. Yes, is this Kevin? This is Kevin. I'm here with our Assistant Chief, Don Suter. How you doing, hey, Zach? Hey, Don, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Zach? I am good. We're, uh, we're pretty excited to be able to talk to you today, man. We won't take up too much of your time. Just got a few questions. Real appreciative of your donation. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But how long has uh, your family had that property there? Uh, since 1868. And your family's been farming it all that time, huh? Yep, yep. Got homesteaded in uh, 1874. How many generations have been on that farm? I'm the sixth and now raising potentially the seventh. Yeah, it's quite the deal. It's it's pretty cool. We're proud of it. Now, how much land do you guys currently farm? Uh, we farm about 26, 2700 acres. Now, that that long ago, uh, I listened to one of the podcasts. I can't remember the two ladies that interviewed you, but that was pretty interesting. They asked you some pretty funny questions about an island or something. That, that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> that must have been with the New York Farm Girls. That's it right there. Yep, exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yep, that, that was pretty funny. I know you started your YouTube channel because you uh, were concerned with people having a misconception about farming and getting the right word out. What was What's the one biggest misconception that caused you to want to do that? You know, I would say in general, it just, it, it seems to me sometimes like consumers or a certain percentage of consumers unfortunately don't understand exactly what it is we do and why we use some of the management practices that we use. And I mean, if you think about it, farmers and us out here in the rural areas, we're the first ones affected by the the management styles or the decisions that we make. Right. So if we don't take care of our natural resources, that affects us before it affects anybody else. Now, as far as farming goes, what's to you, what's the best part of it? I would say being able to, raise the family on the farm and and live right here on the farm and you know the pride that you get in planting the crop raising the crop and then seeing it through to fruition every harvest that's not something that everybody has the opportunity for with their jobs right so that's something to pass down to you and you can pass down to yours right exactly it's 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 a very rewarding job i think i read somewhere that you uh used to do, do dirt track racing do you still do dirt track racing I still do, yep. I, I've been in dirt cars since I was 15. 15. That was only a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, 21 <laughs> years ago now, actually. Well, I was trying to make it a couple. <laughs> so how's the uh, crops up there, Zach? You know, we're we're pretty dry right now. The lawns are starting to burn up. But um, as odd as it seems to me, the crops actually look really good right now. The corn is, is curling up a little bit from some stress. But overall, I mean... It looks pretty good. I don't know that we're hurting yield yet, but we will need some rain really soon. Yeah, I'm the farmer of the group. I used to uh, be a custom applicator, so I was the sprayer and the fertilizer guy. But I retired. Okay. Now I work for a farmer like uh, your hired man does. Okay, sure, yep, yep. Only I don't get stuck as often as he does. <laughs> well, we got to give him grief about something, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just came out of the field with we spraying beans here just uh, 10 minutes ago. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, we've got uh, about 100 acres of beans left to spray tomorrow, and then that'll finish our, our first post-emerge pass. So we're, we're kind of caught up right now. Yeah, I had to run over the corn again because of uh, the uh, water hemp was, uh, did not get killed. We've got the same problem up here. That water hemp is really tough to kill for us. Yeah, pretty resistant. It is, yep. Well, we're about the same as you. We're uh, on the dry side, but everything really looks good. Well, that's good. What part of Indiana are you in? Northwest Indiana. We're about... Northwest, okay. 60 miles from Chicago. Okay, gotcha. So we're on the Kankakee River Valley there. I was just going to ask if you're near Kankakee area. Yeah, the river is about uh, five miles south of the town here. Okay, they got a cool little racetrack in Kankakee. Yep. Now, Zach, uh, not that long ago, you sent a donation to us here at Couch Fire. First, like I said, I'd like to thank you for that. We all would. All the, all the guys here are absolutely impressed and very, very happy with your generosity. What caused you to uh, want to raise money for a volunteer fire departments? You know, it seems like, unfortunately, there's kind of been a a rash of grain bin incidents up here, particularly in the upper Midwest, in the Dakotas and Minnesota. And we had a, we had kind of a poor quality crop in 2019. And unfortunately, it, it, it was causing a lot of problems in grain bins. And, and we were seeing some of those unfortunate accidents happen. Um, in 20, I believe it was 19... We had a pretty bad um, accident in a in a silo up here with a local family, and you know, keeping both those things in mind, we just decided that with our platform and and kind of what we've been fortunate enough to build up, that we could use that platform for good to try to really give back to the egg community. So that that's what we did. We kind of put it out there at first as something that we wanted to give back to, and uh, we weren't exactly sure where it was going to go from there we knew we were going to give back we hadn't entirely figured out you know how much or where to or what it was going to be used for and um, the more we thought about it and the more people were asking about having us do it we decided to open up a gofundme account so we did that and overnight we had close to 20 or thirty thousand dollars in that account that was all going to be you know donated to to the individual departments and first responder crews for the training and the equipment and uh, it just continued to snowball from there, and in the end, it was, uh, oh, I believe it was close to $70,000 that we ended up uh, giving away to 53 departments in 14 different states. So it was uh, incredibly rewarding. We still got a little bit flowing in here, and um, we've got plans to give out a little bit more here. But, I mean, it ended up being so much that we actually had to get our ducks in a row, and, and we started our own uh, nonprofit organization for for next time we decide to do something like that oh wow i didn't know you actually had to start a vol i mean uh, a non-profit for that that's crazy it, well we we didn't actually when we did the um when we did the, the the rescue equipment training but it ended up being so many more dollars than what we were imagining that you know we just decided gosh we don't want those dollars flowing through us at all so we started a whole different organization so that next time we do do something if it gets that big again we don't even you know we have nothing to do with the dollars we we kind of facilitate it and it, and it flows through the nonprofit. right no i yeah to be able to keep funds separate and make sure everything is working right that's got to right that, exactly. that's a huge responsibility man 
that that's kind of yeah where where what I'm getting at is that I was a little bit nervous about that responsibility. So try to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row better next time because it was just unbelievable the amount of support we got and the amount of people that wanted to pitch in and help out. Now I have to ask, and, and it, if if it's a a bad story, by by all means, don't answer the question. But have you ever had the need for uh, the fire department to respond out there for a brush fire or anything? Um, you know, I'm not sure that we have personally on, on our farm, I guess, as far as what I can remember, I don't believe so. Um, but, but I know a lot of people who have, and I, I have a lot of good friends that are on our, our volunteer departments. We're kind of right on the line in between a couple different departments here. And, um, I would say I know 80 to 90% of the people on those departments and, and really appreciate the work that they do to you know, get up at two o'clock in the morning if, if somebody needs help or, um, you know, they've personally been a part of, I know, two successful grain bin rescues just in the last three years. So I have a lot of respect for those guys and for you guys for what you do to keep the community safe. Want more of the Couch Fire podcast? It's coming right up after this. Did you know for 100 years, the Couch Fire volunteers have responded to every request for service They have continuously upgraded and maintained their tools and apparatus to ensure prompt and professional response. All of this would not be possible without the generous contributions from the community and beyond. If you would like to help support the Couts Fire Department, go to CoutsFire.com backslash donate or by mailing your donation to Couts Fire, P.O. Box 325, Couts, Indiana 46347. Your generosity is greatly appreciated, and every amount helps. From all of the volunteers at Couts Fire, thank you. Zach, do you think your corn is, I don't know, a a poorer quality? Because I know you got a short season, and you guys really pick it wet. Um, Do you think it is dirtier than normal? because of that run through the dryer that much? I I do, I think that's kind of the, part of the bigger reason why we have issues with it more here in in Minnesota and the Dakotas. You know, we can grow good corn, but like you say, we have a shorter season. A lot of the times our our test weight is lower and we run it through the dryer, like you said, and and it gets dirtier and it doesn't keep quite as well. Um, We also have a lot more, I think, on-farm storage here than you guys do in Indiana, Illinois, Iowa. Um, we, we tend to be able to capture a lot more market opportunity if we store for a while and, and pick up um, extra carry in the market. So we, we've got a lot more on-farm storage and I, I do believe that our, our corn quality, uh, certain years anyway, is not quite as good. So I, I think those two combined are kind of a big part of the reason why we, we end up with, with more issues up here. Right. I'm a YouTube follower of years, and I seen you loading corn, I guess it was this week. And I thought, wow, that's pretty dirty, you know. And I, I shudder when I watch you guys pick corn at 24 and 25% moisture, where we're, we're always down to 19 or so and run through the dryer and get it hot and then put it in the bin. See, for us, 19 is a dream. Uh, 24 is average and anything above 30 is a, is kind of a nightmare, but we, we've, we've taken a lot of corn at that 32% and it's, it's not fun. It causes problems with everything, but sometimes, 
you know, you just have to do what you have to do to get the crop off or else you trust Mother Nature to hold it up over the winter. And, I mean, you know how that can go. We make silage out of 30% corn. Well, <laughs> we try not to, but sometimes we do. Well, those green combines, they can't grind it up anyway. Hey, now, we don't have to get into that. Now you're getting personal. <laughs> Just because the guy I work for is all red, so I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. Well, Zach, how many tractors do you actually have out there? Oh, how many tractors? Between Dad and I now, we we seem to have more than we've ever had right now at the moment. I think we've, um, let's see, we've got the 8230 around yet. We've got a 9570RT and 9570R. Um, we've got an 8320RT. I feel like I'm missing one. We got the Minneapolis Moline, the old Moline. Um, we got a 6175. That might be all of them now with those six. Wow. Now, I know there's there's a very slim chance that somebody listening to this podcast wouldn't know who you were because of our location. And I know the guys here at the firehouse, I mean, when you guys were doing the drawing for the donation, you had everybody kind of watching. And when our name came off, it was, uh, it was a pretty big deal for us. Where, how would somebody find you online? Like, where's the a place for them to look you up uh the biggest and easiest most popular spot to find me is on youtube you can just look up millennial farmer uh otherwise i'm also on instagram and facebook and twitter i don't post a lot on twitter but i'm on there uh if you google millennial farmer you'll find me now, how many followers do you currently have right now on youtube on youtube right now i'm i'm getting close to eight hundred thousand, but i'm not quite there yet at least last i looked <laughs> I see you're uh, learning the pleasures of a brand of a newer truck. Uh, the on the, on <laughs> the, the semi, oh, yes, with the Peterbilt. Oh boy! Oh, the Peterbilt. You know, it's been it's been one thing after another. I mean, it's a nice truck. It's a good truck, but yeah, we're definitely we've been kind of through the ringer on that. Every time we tear into something to fix it, we end up fixing two or three other things along the way. So it's it's been frustrating, but. You know, when it runs nice, it's a nice truck. <laughs> Drive up and down the interstate, you'll see all the new ones parked along the road. Right. Yeah, somebody told me the other day buying a used truck for them has always been their down payment to uh, to buying all the parts and service afterwards. That's right. You either have a payment for a new truck or you buy parts for the old one. That's what it seems like. Hey, Chief, do you want to say anything? What's happening, man? How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, uh, it's great to have you on the, the podcast here and just want to tell you thank you very much for the uh, donation that you guys did and getting us the Stokes basket. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. And and same as what I told Kevin and Don, you know, thank you guys for what you do as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We, uh, we appreciate the support and all around. It all uh, comes around in full circle, so. You know, Zach, we tried using that the other day. We, uh, The guy I work for has empty grain bins, so we took it out there. We have a ladder truck, so we put the ladder truck up, and we got the Stokes stuffed down through that little manhole up on top, and uh, we pulled a, a dummy up through there. It's uh, quite the task. Yeah, we, we were able to set up a, a system to, with pulleys and whatnot to get the victim out extricated from the grain bin and uh it worked out great to have that piece of equipment and 
set the rigging up and get them down safely and actually here uh i think the guy that don's referring to matt good he's got a another grain bin that he's going to have some grain in and we're going to actually do a scenario based style training with it and uh, get multiple mutual aid fire departments out involved with us that way uh we can do a, an actual live training and actual victim and things of that sort so Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's that's useful stuff right there. You know, in case you'd ever actually have a, a situation where you needed that, that that's huge. Yep, yep. I've uh, in my career, we've I've uh, dealt with two of them. Unfortunately, they were both fatalities. However, uh, getting getting the the victims out was uh, quite the quite the deal. So. Yeah, I can imagine it would be. I know. At the training I was at with um, my buddy Randy and actually most of the guys that I, I did that video with are on the department and I know most of them pretty well, but, you know, it, it's not easy to, to fit a human body through those those manholes on, on the top of grain bins. So, it, it, like you say, it's it's something where if you have the training, it can definitely be helpful. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, Chief Jeremy Gettler. He's a okay. great guy, great guy. Yeah, no, I mean, what you've done, the, the donation you sent, and the ability for us to be able to purchase that equipment, not only is something that we can train with for our community, but we also service other communities around us. So it's not just a, a quick donation or letter from you. It actually means a lot because we can actually save someone's life with it, and we greatly appreciate that. Absolutely, you bet. You bet. All right, Zach, enjoy the baseball game. No, you, you guys are, are good, and I appreciate you guys having me on and, and appreciate what you do at the department. And, you know, we need guys that are willing to do that, willing and able to, uh, to make sure that the, the rural communities are safe. For more information about the Couts Fire Department, visit CoutsFire.com. Thank you for your support. 